and welcome to the Worst Bestsellers, where we read about Hardin Scott, a fictional character legally distinct from Harry Styles, so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read After by Anna Todd. Joining us to discuss this extremely uncomfortable One Direction fanfiction is Harry Styles Stan and Dark Larry Liz. Hello. Hi, Liz. Hi. For starters, what's a Dark Larry? Uh, well, a Larry is someone who ships Harry Styles with Louis Tomlinson, one of his former One Direction bandmates. Got and it. a Dark Larry is a secret Larry, which, <laughs> you know, not exactly secret, but, you know. I like to keep it low-key. You're not out here <laughs> getting blocked by Harry on Twitter like Anna Todd is. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I, would never, I would never shove it in his face, you know? If, if he wants to... If he, if he was really in a relationship with Louis and they want to keep it a secret, that's their business. Yeah. I feel like there's, like, a, a weird erasure of the fourth wall and it's probably because social media is so big between like younger fans and older fans I would die if the creator let alone like if I was writing RPF and like it was a real person and I was writing about them but even if like the fucking showrunner or creator for one of my fandoms was like oh I read your gay porn I would (laughs) just expire on the spot and have to change my name and move away and burn down all of my possessions oh my goodness whereas like now I feel like kids are always like tweeting at celebrities like oh look at the fan fiction that I wrote about you or your character and it just seems very weird to me and and in this case, it's not just it's not just shipping. It's like a lot of people actually believe they were in a relationship together. And again, if they really were, but they wanted it to be a secret, like we need to leave them alone. Yeah. 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 Oh, goodness. Youth. Youth. Uh, all right. So this book that we read. <sighs> It, oh gosh. It's ostensibly <laughs> about youths who are ostensibly in college. Uh, are they though? Right. Here the thing about this there's so many things about this book. A thing <laughs> about this book, it has the feel of if it if it were written by like a 13-year-old imagining what it would be like to go to college, but they'd never been to college and like maybe hadn't been to high school yet and like certainly had never had sex before. But, like... Also never seen a movie about college? Yeah, never seen yes. a movie about college. Uh, never, you know, maybe, like, skimmed a magazine at one time. And that's what it has the feel of. And yet is written by an adult woman who did go to college. Uh, apparently she went to community college, which I think is a totally valid way to get your education. Like, don't get so student loans. Like, smart, very smart. But I I have to assume she never lived in a dorm, and she's writing a lot about what she imagines dorm life to be like, and it's super weird. And I know that there's variation in dorm experience, and, like, everyone's college is different, and, like, whatever. But this, I just don't think... I don't think anyone's college is like this. No, and, it, it like, she... 
she's had zero input on what college is actually like, except, I mean, my, my eight-year-old is very excited to go to college because it's like a sleepover every night. <laughs> and I feel like that's her level of understanding. Like, y- you live there. 100%. And- and you go to school, so and there's okay. and there's showers, and it's so embarrassing that there's showers where other people are at. Mm-hmm. Yes, and let's let's just back up like a half step. Mm. Um, we weren't, if you're unaware, I was unaware of what this book was until Liz suggested it uh, for this episode. And if you are unaware, um, buckle. You we are up. not being facetious. <laughs> this was One Direction fan fiction, uh, much in the way that E.L. James was able to profit off her uh, Twilight fic. This is a story that Anna Todd posted on Wattpad um, that was One Direction fan fiction, and it got like a bazillion hits, and I read somewhere that Wattpad helped her negotiate a contract with an agent and a publishing house to have it published professionally. And uh, Liz can maybe weigh in on this more because I know she said she went to look at uh, the original post because it's still up. But very little aside from the name seems to have changed. Yeah, the the very beginning is fleshed out because, you know, as is common with fanfic, you just want to get to the, you know, your two characters meeting. So so the beginning where she's first going to school and everything that was fleshed out. But I don't know that really much else was. And I actually first heard about this because the the book started popping up or articles about it started popping up in my Harry Styles Google alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was always like Harry Styles fan fiction, Harry Styles fan fiction. So I looked it up and um, well, the articles were all about how Wattpad is getting into publishing and and I believe they have other books as well that they've published. Yeah. It's not just hers. It's not just hers. Uh, this is also being made into a movie that's coming out soon. Yeah, I think next month. I think April. Uh, I can't imagine watching a movie of this, but I'm intent. Cannot stress enough to you, listeners, how little happens in this. So little. It is 600 real pages long. Not like when you're on your phone and you're like, oh, 600 pages. Oh, they're phone pages. No, this is like a literal 600-page book yes. where approximately six weeks passes. I and... I constructed a timeline. I believe that eight weeks have passed. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, eight. Yes. I was so off. Yes, but <laughs> it's important because she keeps within it the story like expanding it and being like oh it's been three months but it hasn't even been three months because you can go back and be like one weekend to the next like you can count it out and it's been eight weeks and even if it were three months even if it were a full year like none of it makes sense but literally eight weeks of school also the school calendar doesn't start because by the end of it I'm sorry I'm harping on this but like it's bonkers and I spent a lot of time counting those weekends um by the end of it she says it's three weeks until Christmas but the first day of it is the first day of college but again eight weeks with no time jobs there's there's a lot there's a lot that I think we're gonna get into um Renata I believe you wanted to start with a uh word association I sure do yeah I mean want to start we've already had like 17 starts this episode because there's just so much to talk about (laughs) But yeah, so this is is One Direction fan fiction specifically about uh, Harry Styles and his relationship with 
the author insert character of Anna, or I'm sorry, Anna is the author. The uh, the character is Tessa. But I I'm the most casual of of One Direction fans. Like I like their songs when I hear them on the radio or you know the internet. But I haven't really and I and I enjoy the tweets that I see about the fashions of Harry Styles frequently. Um, but I haven't really dug into it. But my impression, personally, just as a very casual person, was like, that Harry Styles seems just like a nice young man. <laughs> he seems like very, very, making some bold fashion choices, um, paying tribute to Stevie Nicks, which I deeply respect. Like, that was just my, my impression. And and yet here is the character who is supposed to be Harry is named Hardin Scott. Here's a list of words I have made to describe Hardin. Uh, he is British. He is tattooed. He is an asshole. He has a drinking problem, question mark. Uh, very controlling, yet fierce commitment. Somehow is a talented publishing assistant. Uh, that's what I got for Hardon. Um, and yet, Liz, how would you describe Harry Styles? Well, he is also British and tattooed. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I'm going to say he's also very talented, though not in publishing. So I guess, you know, we can put those two together. Uh, but he is kind and considerate and polite, extremely health conscious. He's also very private and discreet. Uh, and he is like the most non-toxic form of masculine masculine that I think a person can be, which is very much not hardened. Yeah, like, Harry wears these, like, beautiful floral suits and, like, brightly colored suits. I've seen them on the internet. Hardin, I don't think, would ever, like, touch a flower because he's too manly or whatever. Well, and I will say, just, not that I really want to defend Anna Todd, but <laughs> slight, slightly in her defense, when she wrote this, Harry dressed very differently. I see. So, he... He was not, uh, he didn't dress the way that Hardin dresses, but he was not as out there and um, flamboyant as he is now. All right. Well, still. I would still say the point still stands that, like, I I can't imagine, I know even less about One Direction than Renata. Uh, I, for a long time, was one of those people who thought that Larry was a member of the band. <laughs> He's not a member of the band. It's a ship name. Uh <laughs> It's an easy mistake to make. <laughs> but, like, I, I feel like Hardin would, like, if someone was like, here, hold these flowers and pose for a picture, he would be like, fuck this. I'm a man. I'm going to go punch someone in the face because I want to feel pain and see blood. Yeah. Whereas I, I, from what, how you describe him, I don't imagine even pre-floral suit Harry, if someone was like, here, hold these flowers so we can take a photo of you. He'd be like, cool. That's or he'd fine. Be like, or he'd be like, well, I, I can't hold them. I'm already holding my own flowers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my arms are full. <laughs> um, and so we've we've said on the podcast before, you know, Kate and I both enjoy fan fiction, like absolutely understand the appeal of fan fiction. I get the appeal of like an AU where it's like, oh, yeah, like it's they're not in a band. They're just college students or like they're not the Avengers, they work at a coffee shop, or, like, whatever. Um, but to me, the appeal of that kind of AU is, like, how do you take the core of that character and be like, okay, like, 
it's not, you know, Wolverine's not a superhero, but he, like, homebrews beer, and he's, like, very grumpy and, like, watches hockey or whatever. Um, no, I said whatever, but I'm making a note to go write that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, where you you find what the core of the character is, even if they're not, like, a superhero anymore, or, like, if they're not in one direction anymore, they might be like this. And I get the appeal of that, but this is, like... What if you were an entirely different person in every way except for tattoos? Yeah. When I first heard about this, I went to look it up and I was so turned off by just the description, which didn't even really get into. I mean, it says bad boy, but you could, you know, you could turn Harry into a bad boy. The just the physical description of like the eyebrow ring and the lip ring is like, nope, that's not Harry. I'm not interested. Go away. And and I learned more recently that I don't think she was even really a fan of theirs. Um, as we learn in the book or assume from the book, she really loves the fray. Yes. Because they, they come up a lot. <laughs> and and I read an article where she was just like, like, yeah, I, I really didn't know that much about them. But I found myself watching a bunch of YouTube videos, which I can relate to wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is how I find myself in my current condition. We've all been there. And so I think she was probably just just inspired by his looks. Yeah. That's wild. Because I don't think I, she knows anything else about him other than the way he looks and just went off of that. I just can't, like, to me, and I think I might have even said this on the podcast before, but to me, the thing, like, there's lots of things that I get super fanish about and super into that I don't necessarily feel the urge to write fan fiction. Like, I feel like a character has to speak to me in a very particular way for me to be like, I need to write fan fiction about this. But like, being like, oh, like, this person looks like a bad boy. So I'm going to like, just write a novel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it also makes me wonder how this got so popular, because what was everyone looking for that that led them to read this? Like, how did she get so many hits? Because if I want to read about Harry, I am not going to read this. Right. It's not even very good. Is no. The thing. No, it's like, not good at all. There is a phenomenon in fandom called any two white dicks, with the <laughs> idea being that there are people who write very good Uh, fan fiction about, you know, whatever popular fandom is there at the moment and whatever, like, two white guys are the stars of that fandom that is very well written and very sexy and very, uh, you know, likable, but has nothing to do with those characters. But because it's so well written, people will read it anyway and Yeah, like, you you could just do a find and replace and make it supernatural or do find and replace and, like, now it's X-Men and nothing has changed except the character names. Right. But this isn't even good. No. But we should talk about this. We we should skim through this plot very quickly, because as I said, not very much happens. Yeah, not very much happens, and yet there's so much back and forth. Like, you get emotion, emotional whiplash, except that, like, it barely counts as an emotional because I'm so not invested in these characters. Like, we're... I think this book... No matter what, it's not good. But I think it's particularly suffering for us coming on the heels of our Nora Roberts month where we got to read these wonderful books by Our Lady Nora, who's so good at creating these characters that you root for. 
Like, I was 1,000% more invested in that old couple who are the first people to die in year one. Like, the ground zero of the virus who, like, they have one chapter to develop their relationship and then they die. I felt for them so much more than these characters who had 600 pages of back and forth. You know, I didn't think about it until you literally just said it, but as you said, that old couple that were the first to die, I was like, oh my god, I cared so much about them. (laughs) So, yes, True. Um, so let's let's dive through this. As we said, this starts with Tessa getting ready to start college. Uh, it is the day that college starts, and not like orientation. Well, it Once is again, it is orientation, but it's also the first day of college. Yes, it's they, both. they're the same thing. <laughs> it's like if you didn't know what the way college started. Yeah, nothing about it. And Tessa has been working for years to go to this college uh, that her mother wanted her to go to and who her mother went to for a while but had to drop out before she could get her degree. And she, like, put off socializing with people so she could spend all her weekends studying so she could try and get in. And it is not an Ivy League school, but rather a local state college, which I am 100% not dissing state college. I went to state college, like... I think State College is great, and it is, like, a real deal above some of the private colleges out there. I got a great education at my State College, but, like, I didn't give up my entire social life to make sure that I... Give up my entire social life as a person with a 4.0 grade point average who is, like, very academically gifted, we are led to believe Tessa is. Like, it just is the amount of pressure put on this school seems very strange for what it is described as. And it's, okay, and it's Central Washington University, which is a real school, I'm sure a fine school, but it's not even, you know, like, the University of Washington is, like, the flagship state school. It's not even, like, the best state school in the state. It's a state school that, again, I'm sure is a great school, but, like, girl, you probably could have gotten in uh, with slightly less work. Yeah. Like, if this was, if it was that she was trying to get into Princeton or Harvard, and, you know, she's from, like, a um, working class background and coming from, like, across the state into this Ivy League uh, sort of social system, I would understand the amount of, like, stress stress and pressure that she puts on herself. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, would have been a better book, because then you've got Harry, and he's, like, British and rich, and he's just like, oh, whatever, like, I didn't have to work to get here, because I'm just, like, British and rich, and then you've got this kind of, like, there's a conflict there, where she's like, I've worked so hard for this, and and that's not really there. (laughs) But so Tessa moves into her dorm room where she is inexplicably dorming with her roommate is a sophomore who's a punk. Yeah, she has tattoos. It's disgusting. And piercings and red dyed hair. And she's got band posters on the wall. And like all the people in the posters don't have. They've got like fishnets and not a lot of clothes on. And whereas Tessa dresses only in like button down shirts, long skirts and cardigans like the definition of modest clothing yes. yes like it would make sense if tessa had been raised in like a cult or even just like a, a conservative religion but that doesn't seem to be the case yeah, there's there's zero indication that that there's any reason for the way she dresses or you know in all her other conservative ways 
Um, she also has a boyfriend named Noah who is helping her, I want to say, move into her dorm, but she doesn't actually bring anything. Yes. <laughs> Correct. She brings, like, a suitcase of clothing, and that's and, it. And books. She'll buy. She, her, and books. Tessa's unique character trait is that she loves books, especially books, like, by Jane Austen, who you've probably never heard of. But Tessa has because she's so like deep that she's heard of Jane Austen and like loves Jane Austen. And I don't, you know, that's so weird and quirky, but she, that's just who she is. So she, she's got nothing. She's going to buy everything that she needs later. And her boyfriend, who she's never had sex with, who dresses in like slacks and s- cardigans and loafers. Uh, is there to drop her off with her mother and her mother is very concerned about her roommate and is going to get her a new roommate until Tessa's like, no, 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 it's fine, you're embarrassing me and uh, kicks her mother and her boyfriend Noah out and, and Steph Noah's, her- a, Noah's a year younger so he says one more year of high school and yes. and can I add that she she says that Noah is like a little brother to her yes. like the way he treats her he's like a little brother yeah, their yeah. relationship clearly does not Real have cool. a lot of chemistry. Yes. So during the first, like, it's, it's I think it's, like, literally the next day, Steph comes back to the room um, with her boyfriend, Nate, and a tall, tattooed bad boy who's glaring at her named Harden. And Steph uh, ends up inviting her to a party that is at a frat house mm-hmm. um, yes by the way know. in my in my timeline i have written literally day two of college <laughs> and this is that day yeah and it's also like a saturday yes <laughs> which is a whole other weird thing but so tessa like her things is that she's not going to all she she doesn't want to party she doesn't want to do drugs she doesn't want to drink all she wants to do is study in her room all the time yes and and maybe watch netflix but then her her laptop stops working so steph steph her roommate like makes her come to this party and she really wants to leave but like and here's another thing that's so weird about anna's Anna Todd's version of college is that she's like oh it's off campus so we need a car and like oh my god no we can't take the bus there's no bus like so they get a ride from Steph's boyfriend and then they're like stranded there and there's no way to get out and that's not like the college like sure there's places that are off campus that are maybe inconvenient to walk to but if he's taking you to an uh, like a frat house that is not walkable to campus like what's happening here yeah and also don't get in a car with that strange boy and also like why most colleges if it's big enough to need buses like sure the buses maybe aren't running like as frequently as as you'd like but the resistance these people have to getting on the bus ever is bananas to me yeah it's it's insane Um, But so she's at this party and everyone's drunk and she wants to go home and she's so upset and she finds a room to hide in and there's all these books in the room and some of her favorites like Wuthering Heights. And as she's sitting down to read Wuthering Heights, Harding comes into the room and yells at her because it's his room and he doesn't like strangers in his room or anyone in his room at all ever. Uh, So he takes her to some spare room where Steph is sleeping off her drunkenness uh, to spend the night and then the next day 
they go back to the dorm and whatever. Classes eventually start. They have class every day. All of their classes meet every day, which is another hasn't been to college kind of thing. Very normal. And in her classes, she meets a boy named Landon, who's like a prep like her. Yeah. (laughs) You know, normal and cool and cares about grades. But to her dismay, Harden is in one of her classes. Hang on, Liz, which One Direction boy is Landon? Landon is Liam. Uh, you know, they have all of the same first initials. So the so Nate is who we met previously is Niall. And that was what tipped me off. Because, you know, whenever I was reading about this, it always was advertised as Harry Styles fan fiction. And it didn't occur to me until I read the description of Nate that like, oh, my God, they're all here. All of my <laughs> friends are here. So, But weirdly, they don't like they're not all of the One Direction boys in the book are not like friends who hang out (laughs) like some of them have these kind of like antagonistic relationships yeah but again i mean she probably didn't know anything about any of them either yeah so some of them are friends nate and zed is it yeah zed zane and i guess um logan who is louis is also in the frat so yeah it's really just just logan she probably has a soft spot for liam and needed to make him like a real main character yeah well yeah yeah Lan- so landon but also zed doesn't get along with harden that's true that's true for, we'll get into that yeah so landon uh and tessa become fast friends and landon doesn't seem to like harden and he explains to tessa that his his mother is marrying Harden's father, right? That's yes, the, yes, yes. In like she, he says, like two weeks. Yes. Yeah. So, but as you will see as we go on, that doesn't it doesn't quite make sense. Up. But sh- imminently, this marriage is happening. Yes, but so she goes through a week of classes, and it's the weekend, and she absolutely is not going to go to a party again until Steph's like, "You want to go to this party?" And she ends up going with Steph again yeah this week actually i think is when her laptop breaks like the first week she's like fine i guess i'll check out this party and then at this friday she's like no i went to the party and sucked oh but my laptop's broken so i can't watch netflix so i guess um so they play truth or dare at this party and she admits she's a virgin and everyone laughs and freaks out that she would admit that i think this is the one where she gets super drunk yeah and and they have this has this like weird confrontation with harden where she, where she who has never liked Harden at all is like, why can't we just be friends? And he's like, because you just had this like perfect, beautiful childhood and you couldn't relate to my struggles at all because I have so many struggles. And also Harden is like, I can't believe you're so drunk. Like, I don't drink at all. And Tess is like, I just assumed that you would drink because you're in a frat. And yes. then he kisses uh, her. Yes. Mm. And the next morning, her mom shows up at the college to yell at her for drinking because her she and Noah both tried to call Tess and she didn't pick up her phone so well no clearly also, she- Tessa at some point in this party got upset and called Noah for like 30 seconds and was like I hate college I hate it here and Noah was like are you drunk and she was like no and then she hung up yes. that, that really made me laugh yeah <laughs> probably the only time in the whole book but, but it was it was a good chuckle 
Uh, her mom yells at her and calls her a slut and tells her to not drink or talk to men anymore or spend any time with her roommate or make friends because that's the path towards being a slut, mm-hmm. which she doesn't want her to be. By the way, it's re- they live about a two-hour drive. Like, her hometown is about a two-hour drive from this campus. So, like, not... Not super far, but not the kind of drive you'd want to make on an impulse to go and scream at your child. But also, a distance that makes it so odd that Tessa had never set foot on campus before day one of college. Like, usually there'd be, like, a tour or, like, admitted students weekend or something. Especially when it's her mom has had her eye on this school forever. Yes. And again, I could see if it's like, oh, I live in Washington State and I'm going to Harvard and we can't afford the flight to Massachusetts for like just a weekend. But in this situation, it's like, this seems like you could have made that work. But mm-hmm. yeah. So there's another week of classes that are kind of glazed over uh, at some point. It's, I think Tessa talks about how she wants to get an internship at a publisher. Yes. And Hardin's like, oh, like, I know someone at Advanced Publishing. I could see what I could do for you. And she's like, oh, my God, that would be great. And at one point, like, he comes over to her dorm to, like, make out with her randomly. He has a key to their dorm because stuff gave him one, which is upsetting. I, yeah. I wonder if... it. She doesn't say anything about this, but I think Anna Todd assumes that because Steph is a sophomore, she lived in this room the previous year because there's no talk of Steph moving in or anything. Like, yeah, she just already was already given there. Hard yeah. in a key. So I think she just thinks you go to college, you live in a dorm for four years, and then you move out, like an apartment. Mm. She also doesn't, yeah, we'll get into the apartment situation, but. This book, I mean, there's a lot of just back and forth and inexplicable hot and cold between Hardin and Tessa, and they both just turn on a dime emotionally every time, and it's very frustrating. There's, like, no real growth in the relationship because they just keep resetting and being mad for no reason 100,000 times. Yeah, so they, throughout, so anytime we're, like, jumping ahead, imagine that they fought and he was incredibly cruel and rude to her and she blew him off and then they came back around. So, like, at one point, I think this is, because this happens real early on, where after they make out at randomly in her room, he decides that they're going to hang out as friends, so he takes her to this, like, creek to go swimming. This is week and... two. Yes. <laughs> okay. Literally the second week of school, and she's like, oh, I didn't bring swimming stuff, so he gives her one of his t-shirts to wear, but it's very clingy in the water, and then while they're swimming... Also, it didn't seem like this is a designated swimming area. They're just, like, in the fucking river. Yeah. All I could picture was just, like, them coming out with leeches all over their body. Yes. (laughs) Unclean. So while they're swimming, like... I don't know, she ends up, like, really close to him and then puts her legs around his waist and then they're making out. And then he is like, I'm going to have sex with you. Do you want to do it here or in my bed back at the frat? Mm -hmm. She's like, well, here. And he's like, "Okay." so he fingers her. Yeah. Well, she's like, do you have a condom? And he's like, I'm not going to have sex with you. And she's like, I thought that's what we were just talking about. And he's like, I'm not going to have sex with you yet. I'm going to finger you. And then he does, and it's, like, the best thing that's ever happened to her. 
And then it's revealed that not only she's a virgin, she's never masturbated. She's like never had an orgasm before at all. And this is why we need sex ed. I don't think she knows what an orgasm is. Like she's kind of shocked that something happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he says, how does it feel when you do this? Like, it's not like she's like, that's dirty. Like I would never touch myself there. Like she literally has no idea what he's talking about. Yeah. And the idea of masturbation has never occurred to her before. It is not a concept that she is familiar with. And um, throughout, she's always furious with and like, but also kind of turned on. But she hates the way Harden has like a filthy mouth. And he always says such dirty things. But he says such sort of mild things to her. Like he's he literally says some. He calls it fingering. He's like, oh, I fingered you. And she's like, that's filthy. I can't believe you would say fingered. And it's like there's so many more <laughs> explicit and like dirty ways that he could have said that. Like I'm not gonna go into it, but like that's so mild. And it's it sets up this weird thing where that is like kind of, I mean, everything in this book is really fucking problematic, obviously. Um, <laughs> and you know how we feel about books like this, where like they can be garbage, but we shouldn't make fun of people who read them or shame people for reading them. That being said, like it turns into this weird thing where later on when they're hooking up again, he won't go down on her unless she gives clear consent. And she takes that as him like bullying her and punishing her and humiliating her. She's always like, you're always humiliating me. So it, it just like leaves this weird takeaway where it's like, you, you can't, you shouldn't have to ask for anything. Yeah, rather, I don't know. It was very bizarre. Rather than shaming anyone who who would read this or like this, I feel genuine concern for them that like because they have to be so young. Yes. And and this book is is gaslighting them into thinking this is what good sex is. This is what a good relationship is. This is the way your partner should treat you. This is the way you should tolerate being treated. And it's all it's just not true no so after the fingering Tessa's like I guess we're dating now and Hardin's like I don't date girls like I just finger them by rivers (laughs) and she is so upset that like she gets through the week and she calls Noah and makes him come to visit for the weekend and like this literally like they jump just from weekend to weekend to weekend yes um so Noah comes to visit and they're like, he she wants to like make out with him the way she's made out with Harden, but he like low key is like, You're I didn't think you were an easy girl like that. College has changed you. And it's like she's just fucking kissing you, dude. My God. Yeah, but like more I think she pulls herself up and onto his lap and he's like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I I kinda thought he he was he was thinking that he they are definitely not going to have sex before they're married and so they cannot do anything because he will not be able to control himself mm-hmm. oh jesus christ oh mm-hmm. yeah so harden like just drops by their room while they're like chastely watching netflix together and oh and then he leaves and he's like upset that noah's there or whatever and then landon calls tessa and is like Girl, you need to come over to our house because Harden is drunk and smashing plates. <laughs> and he's like, Harden seems to have a soft spot for you. And she's like, what? Me? Really? And then she does. She's like, no, I gotta go. Bye. And she just, like, leaves him and goes. 
<laughs> so it. she like talks him down from just snatching the shit out of his soon to be stepmother's dishes. Like and destroying drinking. everything. Yes. And it's like a full drink. Hulk smash moment. Yes. He drank a whole bunch of whiskey, and so he's drunk, and, like, of course we know he doesn't drink, so, like, this is a big deal. Um, But she's able to, like, talk him down and Landon, and, like, they end up making out again. But luckily, like, Landon doesn't see it, and he's just like, oh, like, I'm so glad you can be a good friend to my soon-to-be stepbrother. I don't know why he puts up with you, but he does. And she's like, oh, yeah, I don't know either. Huh. And even though Noah is back at her dorm, she consents to spend the night and sleeps with Harden in his bed, in his room. And do they, this isn't where they fuck. No, they don't fuck till no. way later. Oh my God, I can't believe I've forgotten no, that point. No, but she does give him a hand job. Right. Oh, and this is the time where, too, where she gives him a hand job and he's like, oh, like, I'll repay the favor. I'll go down on you. And she's like, oh, like, what are you doing? And he's like, I, I'm gonna, like, I think he doesn't even say the word. He's like, I'll kiss you down there. And she's like, oh. And he's like, but you have to tell me that that, that you're okay with that. And she won't. Yeah, so she's she too uncomfortable. She This girl makes Anna Steele look just so healthy, so sexually educated. It's bananas. <laughs> yep. So the next day she goes back to the dorm to Noah and... And Hardin comes over and is like, you have, Noah, like, I have something to tell you. And, like, just, like, blows up their spot about how Tessa's been cheating on Noah. Cheating, question mark. Like, I guess cheating, but, like, not even cheating as much as Tessa would like to. Yes. Um, so Noah's very upset and he leaves and Tessa's very upset and Hardin is like, and, like, don't ever come to my frat anymore. Yeah, and she's like, and he threatens to, quote, ruin her. What does that mean? I don't know. I hate it. But so Tessa gets real depressed and, like, basically doesn't get out of her room to do anything all week, which it doesn't seem like she would normally leave her room to do things anyway. Except go to all of her five classes every day of the week. Yes. (laughs) Uh, but Steph, her roommate, is like, no, like, you have to get out of the house, so I'm going to give you a makeover with my sexy clothes, and you're going to come get dinner with me and, like, my punk friends tonight. Um, and me she's and like, my punk friends, One Direction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she asks if Hardin's going to be there, and Steph's like, oh, no, like, he's not going to. But then when they go out, he is there. <laughs> they go to a bar called the Ice House, which is, which is referred to as a biker bar and grill. Yes, and I, I actually googled this because I was like, "That did she just like make this portmanteau? Like, does she know about biker bars and bar and grills?" And I was really disappointed to find there are actually places that refer to themselves as biker bar and grills, but. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never seen one. <laughs> I th- okay. I think bar and grill is a distinction that in some states you have to make to get a liquor license, or like it's easier oh. to get a liquor license if you're serving hot food. But I feel like most people would still just call it a bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like calling it a bar and grill, it makes me think of uh, Toby Keith's "I Love This Bar and Grill," which makes me, which <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh. <laughs> So Tessa tries to leave 
and Harden's like, no, like, let's be friends again. Okay. And offers to, she's going to go car shopping in the morning because he shows up at her dorm and he says, like, okay, but, like, I'm going to take you. And she's like, fine. And then he makes fun of her for wanting to get a Prius, which I had a lot of feelings about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a lot of feelings about her being, like, furious that it's been a whole month of college and she's had to get by without a car. Like, I think a lot of, co- like, I know at my college, freshmen weren't allowed to have cars unless you had a special permission for something. Like, yeah, m- you're not, you don't need one. You might not even be allowed to have one. Why is, it, yeah. why is it the end of the world not to have one? Unless you've only gone to a commuter community college, in which case, yeah, you probably do need a car. Anna. Yeah. Um, so they go car shopping, but she doesn't find anything she likes. But she does make him stop for frozen yogurt. And while they're there, they meet his dad, who's the chancellor of the school. Dun, dun, dun. And he's like, oh, my God, like, Harden has a girlfriend. Come over for dinner tonight. And she's like, I would love to. And Harden's real mean about it. But, like, she convinces him to come over anyway. So they go over for dinner and they meet uh, Landon's there, obviously. And they meet Landon's mom, Karen? Karen, yeah. Karen's a very nice lady and Harden hates her. She's a yes. very nice lady who is not at all stressed about the fact that she's getting married very soon. Yes, in two weeks, seems, question mark. Seems <laughs> to have no uh, nothing to do to plan the wedding or organize anything or because she's got all sorts of time on her hands to spend with Tessa. Yes. Their, their wedding is next weekend for like four weeks running. It's just like, oh, <laughs> yes. yeah, it's next weekend. <laughs> okay. Um, so Harding kind of freaks out at dinner just because he hates his dad and his dad tells Tessa, like, oh, like, I know people at Advanced Publishing. I could probably get you an internship. And Hardin's, like, real mad because he offered it first. And then... Yeah, because she... he's like, I wanted to be the one to help you. Yes. And uh, his parents invite them both to the wedding, which Hardin re- had previously refused to go to. Uh, she spends the night at their house... And they, I think this time he does successfully eat her out. Mm-hmm. And she gives him a blowjob. Oh, no, she gives him a blowjob later that day. Or that yeah, he, week, he sh- question mark. I think at that point she wants to give him a blowjob, but then, like, she gets interrupted, so she can't. Yeah, she's like, later. Yes. Oh, because Molly calls. By the way, there's this character named Molly who we haven't mentioned before, but she's always around and she's like real slutty and everyone hates her because she's just always trying to steal boyfriends. And that's all that that's all that Molly likes is boyfriend stealing. Yes. And, you know, she's bad because she has bright pink hair and also tattoos. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But uh, Noah ends up showing up because she turned her phone off for the weekend. So when she gets back to campus... Noah is like, I've been calling you all weekend and you didn't answer your phone. So I came here to make sure you were okay and sees that she's with Harden and Tessa like breaks up with him again. Yes. Because the first time she tried to break up with him, he talked to her like they patched it up. But he was like, you can't ever talk to Harden again. She's like, why would I ever want to? I hate that guy. And then Harden like showed up and she immediately was like, oh, I love him. Like it's 
this is not an exaggeration. It's like so abrupt, these changes of heart that these characters have. Yes. Um, but so they actually break up and then the next week during class, she gets called to the chancellor's office, which as we have previously learned is Hardin's father. By the way, she gets called, like she's in class. The professor's like, oh, I got a message. Tessa, you need to leave class and go to the chancellor's office. As if this were high school and she's called to the principal's office. And he's yes. like, sorry, I didn't know how else to get a hold of you. Like, I'm the chancellor of the college. There is no directory. I couldn't possibly find your email address somehow. I just have to have access to your class schedule and page a professor. Okay. Um, so when, he, sh- when she goes to his office, she finds out that uh, she has an interview, advanced publishing, and she goes the next day and... Like, they love her before the interview's even over. They give her her own office that's, like, really big. Uh, The internship is fully paid. All she has to do every week is read two manuscripts and tell the editors whether or not she thinks they should read them. Yeah, she's, like, doing the slush pile, but, like, a slush dribble of two manuscripts. (laughs) Yes. And also, she, because the chancellor has helped her get this position, he has generously rearranged her schedule so she can go to her internship which I I don't know how you could do that when all your classes meet every day but it's you know it's not explained it just happens and it's been it's it's been a month of school like it's it's not like oh for next semester no it's like immediately in the middle of the semester we'll just change everything and you can start this internship what so let's let's kind of zoom through the end here because we're we've got so much more to cover and so little time to do it. <sighs> so she gets this internship. She's really excited, and she and Hardin like kind of come to this arrangement that like maybe they're sort of dating now. But then like he blows her off to hang out with other friends, including Molly, and she's really mad. So she takes out her anger by going to his parents' house to make cupcakes with Karen. Yes, she angrily befriends his future stepmom. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then somewhere in there she kisses Zed, who's like one of the other guys in the frat, and Harding gets real mad and even though he had previously kissed Molly Mm -hmm. and they like break up again and Tessa in her anger I think like storms out of the frat at that point. And, like, walk- is that the time she walks home? I think that's another time when Hardin brought her to the party and then they fought. Yes. It's a lot of back and forth at these endless series of frat parties that also is only an eight-week span of time. It's just, like, anyway, uh, there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of, like, okay, yes, I love you, let's go to my parents' wedding. Oh, never mind, we're mad. Oh, let's go to dinner. Oh, no, Molly's in the same general, like, block of the town as this. Like, fuck you, I hate you. <laughs> Endless back and forth. He come like, they have sex on her desk at her internship. Extremely inappropriate. Hated it. Um, Harden is like, let's move in together. I found an apartment. And Tess is like, oh, no, I can't afford it. Harden's like, don't worry, I'll pay for it. We find out at this point that Hardin used to work for Vance Publishing, but then left to go to a different publisher uh, where he was making more money. And everyone at Vance Publishing loves him. And he was like the best whatever vague internship thing that they have ever. And he's still like BFFs with the CEO who like 
racism. It's very weird. Yes. It has an even more tenuous understanding of the publishing industry than Fifty Shades of Grey, and that it posits this small town in Washington. Like, at least Fifty Shades was in Seattle. Like, okay. This is like a small college town. It has multiple publishers who are in a bidding war over college sophomores, and one of these publishers <laughs> will let him work from home. What? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, so they, they, he's like, oh, like, we have to move in together, and she doesn't want to do it, and at one point, her mom... Oh, her mom, yeah, her mom threatens to not pay for school anymore, so then, and not pay for the dorm. Unless she, she takes Noah back. That's what her mom is mad about. Oh, yes. Yes. That she's broken up with her, her good, perfect boyfriend, and is dating a, this freak, as she says. Yes. So while like she's like, oh, like I should I need to come up with another thing to do if my mom takes our funding away. Like I can I have scholarships that cover classes and stuff, but I can't afford the dorms because it's thousands of dollars. But now she has this internship so she can maybe swing it. But he keeps saying like, no, like, let's move into an apartment together. And before they do that, she finally, I think, agrees to it. And then they have sex, penis in vagina intercourse sex for the first time <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and she bleeds all over everything mm-hmm. which is an important plot point mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I hate to tell you that it is such an important plot point and then after she's like oh gross but don't fl- don't throw it away in our dorm room because I don't want stuff to see like just take them with you and he's like okay also like sex aside I a woman who has never had sex with a man before and also never bled during sex have had to deal with bloody sheets many many a cisgender woman I should say many many times I've had to deal with bloody sheets over the course of my adolescence into adulthood just from my menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. like the fact that this girl is like I don't know what to do with bloody sheets I guess we just throw them out yeah solid point yeah She's a real dumb dumb. <sighs> so she does agree to move into his apartment with him. And so, like, they move all of her stuff over there. And it's not, like, a ton of stuff. They can do it in their two cars. And she bought a car at one point. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything's great. And they, like, are going to the wedding the next weekend, which now <laughs> it's been, like, six now weeks. Now it's for and real it's still the, the next, next weekend. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so they get like a fancy outfit because the theme of the wedding is black and white yep very cool also they so, go to the mall to get clothes and this guy named jace is there and liz is jace a one direction associated person he is not i i kept every time a new character would come up i would go to the fic online to see if oh, they were smart. someone and it, no, the only other person outside of the five in the band is um, Landon's girlfriend is supposed to be someone that Liam dated a long time ago, but no one else. So they're just these yeah, random people in the, you know, third act that that pop up. So, yeah, Jay seems like he's a mobster or something like he is trying to invite Harden to a party and Harden's just like, Tessa, Jace isn't someone that you say no to. But it's like, you're a college student. What, what the fuck is he going to do to you? I don't understand. Jace is this sudden menace, of, like a very vague and yet very threatening menace who you can't say no to. 
okay. Anyway, he's at the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they they buy outfits for the wedding, and then I think there's, like, another frat party, and they break up again because someone kisses someone else. This, like, literally at least every once a week in these weeks that we are covering and these weekends, they get into a screaming fight and break up. Yep. But then, like, they get back together and he, like, finds this nice apartment for them to move into and they do and it's fully furnished. It's fully furnished. It's beautiful. It's exactly Tessa's style that she always imagined that she'd live in where it's, like, old-fashioned, like, Jane Austen, but it has a dishwasher. Okay. (laughs) Um... Then, like, shortly after they move in, he gets drunk and doesn't come home for two days, and she is mad about that, and he thinks that's unreasonable. Um, Her mom shows up at one point because she finds out she moved out of the dorm. Yeah, she had a letter from the school. They have a huge fight about how she's a slut now, and... She she, She slaps Tessa. The mom slaps Tessa. Yes. And then uh, it's the actual wedding finally happens. It's finally the weekend of the wedding. Yes. Also, it's December. Also, it's the eighth week of college. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they go to the wedding and it's beautiful. And everyone in Hardin's family loves Tessa and thinks she's great and that they're so perfect for each other and that he's such a a better person around her. And I think they sneak away and have sex in the middle of the wedding. Yup. And, but but then the morning after she sees a text from Jace and she's like on Hardin's phone. She's always looking at his phone, by the way, it's rude, but, um, she's like, who's Jace? And, Chase is never, to my satisfaction, explained. Yes. <laughs> I really, I I mean, I want to believe he is more important in later books, but uh, I don't know. I don't think we Who can rely on this. I tried yeah. medium hard to find plot summaries of the later books. I, no one I will, did too. And no one is summarizing these books. And I was like, I'm sure not going to read them. So I guess I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> no. So after she sees the text from Jace, like, he... F- gets pissed at her for caring about him and she goes to the biker bar to I think to be alone at that point she goes to the biker bar because she wanted to eat dinner and the Chinese restaurant was closed yes there's nowhere else in this town where she could possibly eat so she has to go to the bar yeah so all the other Steph and all the other punk friends are there and Hardin shows up and she wants to leave but they're like no no stay and she makes a comment about them dating and living together and they all freak out and start like laughing and she's like no it's really true and they're like oh my god Harding you didn't have to go that hard and then it is revealed to her that Harden made a bet with them that he could take her virginity and he took the bloody sheets to show them as proof and and he also showed them the condom they used yes which which there are other ways to fill a condom. Yeah, like that proves nothing. Even yeah. the bloody Even the, sheets. The yeah, proves nothing. Yeah, it's all fucking ridiculous, uh, and she's so upset. So Zed says that he'll take her home, and she like asks him all the details, and he's like, "I'll tell you the details as soon as we get to your apartment," and then that's the end of the book. 
Yes. Yay. One other disgusting detail on a throne. So all the money that he made from winning the virginity bet is he's like, well, I spent it on you. I spent it on this apartment. Like, literal blood money has paid for this apartment. <laughs> disgusting. There's a, there's a part in the middle of the book where she gets her roommate makes her over and she becomes less modest. And uh, at the time I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, she's all that. It's like a she's all that style makeover reveal. And then to find out at the end that it actually kind of was because there's also a she's all that style bet. Yet uh, Hardin is not at all like Freddie Prince Jr., who did not take the money from the bet and and is sorry that he did it. But no, Hardin just, you know, he, if he's going to use the money for her, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, oh, it's disgusting. And also, I've talked about this before and about other books, how it's just a real infuriating thing for me when it's a trilogy and the book doesn't really have a clear ending it's just like well I guess I'll stop now and then pick this up in the next book like but this is perhaps the most egregious non-ending I've seen in my life like after 600 pages we end just in the middle of a conversation with a secondary character (laughs) (laughs) so I have a question for you in I I looked I looked at the the fic it actually ends a little bit earlier than the book does. So it ends like right before she finds out what actually that that this bet existed. Oh my so god. So I don't know which which is worse. I don't know. Boy, I hate it. It's a very like the whole thing is a very fan fictiony setup. Which is, and again, like, obviously, people who listen to this podcast know, like, we're not like fucking shitting on that. But that is a very like it is like this sort of like serialized like yeah just keep going keep going like another chapter like Mm -hmm. you know if you're doing this serialized long fic you do want every chapter to end with a cliffhanger so that people like come back but now it's like a book like this is a book ass book and you cannot end it this way and it's and like nothing happening over the course of a hundred thousand words is also a very fan fictiony thing to happen (laughs) but again it is diff like there are differences between what works for profic and what works for fanfic. Well, and this none of this works for profic. I have no idea how this is considered a book by anyone and how it's going to be a movie. What's even going to yeah. happen? Yes, because again, and we've said this about fanfiction before, like with fanfiction like you already know these characters you already like them they even you know Harry Styles you're like okay like I know what Harry Styles is doing and is you know he's being in a band and I'm interested to just see very you know slow pace like what's he doing when he hangs out on the weekends because I'm already invested in this character and I want to know these other aspects of his life that aren't shown in the canon of Harry Styles life I don't know well I I think you when when I first became a fan of his, I knew there was a lot of fan fiction about him. And I looked at it, and at first I was like, uh, no, I can't do this because it's not like a book where I know who this character is. But, like, as I fell further and further down the rabbit hole and just watched, like, interview after interview with him and the rest of the band, it's like, you know enough about their personalities. And even if you don't, even if it's not really who they are, it's what the entire fandom assumes they are and so it's it's still there and it's it's kind of like through fan fiction about them it's expanding on these little bits of information we know about them and so it that's just completely absent from this 
There's also Renata, just to keep going on like the weird fanficy things about this, Renata linked to a thing, an article um, on fan lore where she had said, like, she started doing a thing that I hate. And I I think we we hated it about, we hated two different things about it. Um, But it is a very, like, looked down upon kind of attitude and practice where you're like, well, I only got five comments on this chapter, so I guess I'm not posting the next chapter until I get five more comments. Except, like, her numbers were insane. It was, like, a thousand comments on every chapter, which is disheartening. But, like, it is such, like, a... A weird way to be. There's a lot of, and it's it's kind of changing now. But for a long time, like the a lot of fandom was kind of based on this sort of like you're doing this thing that you love for the community without expectation of like reward or compensation. We're like, oh, like I'm doing this because I love it and I love these characters and I want to make a gift for the community. Uh, so there's a, a like not there's a, a bad you get a bad reputation if you're one of those people who's like, I guess I'm gonna stop writing if I don't get more engagement with my stories because that's not it's supposed to be a more selfless act. Um, yep. And that is kind of changing now, but like, it is just like a shitty way to be in most circles. I I've never read anything on Wattpad, and I know it is generally a much younger uh, group of readers and writers than like on AO3. But I don't know if you both have any experience with that or know anything about like if it's just a completely different culture on there. It must I think be. It is. Um, it reminds me a lot of like fanfiction.net in the old days just from what what people seem to say about it yeah I've never really dug into Wattpad and now if this is what's happening over there keep it I also I read an article um, an interview with Anna Todd where she said she's still writing her books in this way like even after she was published she's writing more books on Wattpad because she wants to get the feedback with each chapter and that determines what the next chapter is going to be about. And she turned down some like conventional publishing detail uh, offers that would have required her to take it down from Wattpad because she was like, no, I love having it on Wattpad more than I would love like the money of a real publishing deal. It's crazy. All right. Um... I guess we should move on to dramatic reading so everybody else sees how crazy this is. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I'm doing the first dramatic reading, which is literally just from chapter two, so you can get a taste of what she thinks college is like. Um, So here we go. Here we are, my mother squeals when we drive through a stone gate and onto campus. It looks just as great in person as it did in the brochures and online, and I'm immediately impressed by the elegant stone buildings. Hundreds of people, parents hugging and kissing their children goodbye, clusters of freshmen dressed head to toe in WCU gear, and a few stragglers, lost and confused, fill the area. The size of the campus is intimidating, but hopefully after a few weeks I will feel at home. My mother insists that she and Noah accompany me to freshman orientation. 
My mother manages to hold a smile on her face the entire three hours, and Noah listens, listens intently the same way that I do. I would like to see your dorm room before we head out. I need to make sure everything's up to par, my mother says once orientation is over. Her eyes scan the old building full of disapproval. She has a way of finding the worst in things. Noah smiles, lightening the room, the mood, and my mother perks up. I just can't believe you're in college. My only daughter, a college student, living on her own. I just can't believe it, she whines, dabbing under her eyes, through careful, though careful not to mess up her makeup. Noah follows behind us, carrying my bags as we navigate through the corridors. It's B-22. We are in C Hall, I tell them. Luckily, I see a large B painted on the wall. Down here, I instruct, when my mother begins to turn the opposite way. I'm thankful that I only bought a few clothes, a blanket, and some of my favorite books along, so Noah doesn't have too much to carry, and I won't have too much to unpack. B-22, my mother huffs. Her heels are outrageously high for the amount of walking we endure. At the end of the long hallway, I slide the key into the old wooden door, and when it creaks open, my mother lets out a loud gasp. The room is small, with two single beds and two desks. After a moment, my eyes travel to the reason behind my mother's surprise. One side of the room is covered in music posters of bands that I've never heard of, the faces of them covered in piercings and their bodies with tattoos. Then there's the girl lying across one bed, and her bright red hair, eyes lined with what looks like inches of black liner, and arms covered in colorful tattoos. Hey, she says, offering a smile that I find quite intriguing, much to my surprise. I'm Steph. She sits up on her elbows, causing her cleavage to push tight against her laced-up top, and I gently kick at Noah's shoe when his eyes focus on her chest. Hey, I'm Tessa. I choke, all of my manners flying out the door. Hey, Tessa, nice to meet you. Welcome to WCU, where the dorms are tiny and the parties are huge. The crimson-haired girl grins wider. Her head falls back in a fit of laughter as she takes in the three horrified expressions in front of her. My mother's jaw is wide open, practically on the carpet, and Noah shifts uncomfortably. Steph walks over, closing the gap between us, and wraps her thin arms around my body. I'm frozen for a moment, surprised by her affection, but I return her kind gesture. A knock sounds at the door just as Noah drops my bags onto the floor, and I can't help but this is but hope this is all some sort of joke. Come in, my new roommate yells. The door opens and two boys walk inside before she finishes her greeting. Boys inside the female dorms on the first day? Maybe Washington Central was a bad decision. Or perhaps I could have found a way to screen my roommate first? I assume by the pained expression covering my mother's face that her thoughts have taken the same course. The poor woman looks like she might pass out at any moment. Hey, you Steph's roomie? One of the boys asks. His blonde hair is styled straight up and there are sections of brown peeking through. His arms are scattered with tattoos and the earrings in his ear are the size of a nickel. Um, yes, my name is Tessa, I managed to say. I'm Nate. Don't look so nervous, he says with a smile, reaching out to touch my shoulder. You'll love it here. His expression is warm and inviting, despite his harsh appearance. Ugh, gross. Okay, so clearly that's what college is like. We all know it. 
It's fine. And now let's move on to something sexy. So I'll be Harden and Liz will be Tessa. And uh, they're just on the banks of a fucking random river. Do you have a condom? I ask him, trying to remember the few things I know about sex. A condom? I'm not going to have sex with you. I begin to panic. Is this all a game to humiliate me? Oh, is all I say and begin to pull myself up. But he grabs my shoulders and gently pushes me back down. I'm sure I'm flush red, and I don't want to be exposed to his sarcastic eyes like this. Where are you going? Oh, no, Tess, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that you've never done anything like at all. So I am not going to have sex with you today. I feel a little bit of pressure on my in my chest dissolve. There are many other things I want to do to you first. He climbs on top of me, all of his weight supported on his hands. He is in a push-up position. His wet hair drips water droplets onto my face, and I squirm. I can't believe no one has fucked you before. He shifts his body to lie on his side once again. He brings his hand to my neck and trails it down, touching me only with his fingertips, down the valley of my breasts, down my stomach, until he stops just above my underwear. We are really doing this, me and Hardin. What is he going to do? Will it hurt? A hundred thoughts race through my mind, but disappear as soon as his hand reaches into my panties. I hear him suck a breath through his teeth, and he brings his mouth to mine. His fingers move a little, and it shocks me. Does that feel good? He's only rubbing me. How does it feel so good? I nod, and he slows his fingers down. Does it feel better than when you do it? What? Does it? What? I manage even though I have no control of my body or mind right now. When you touch yourself, does it feel like this? I'm not sure what to say, and when I just stare at him, something behind his eyes snaps too. Wait, you've never done that either, have you? His, his voice is full of surprise and something else. Lust? He goes back to kissing me and his fingers keep moving up and down. You're so responsive to me. So wet. I moan. Why are these filthy words so hot when Hardin says them? I feel a gentle pinch, and it sends a shock through my whole body. What was that? He chuckles and doesn't answer, but I feel him do it again, and my back arches off the grass. His mouth travels down to my neck, then my chest. His tongue dips down under the cup of my bra, and his hand massages one of my breasts. I feel a pressure building in my stomach, and it is pure bliss. I pinch my eyes closed and bite down on my lip. My back lifts off the grass once again, and my legs begin to shake. That's right, Tessa. Come for me. Look at me, baby. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Sexy. <sighs> um. So that's... That's what this book is like. Uh, let's play some Would You Rather. Sounds good. Would You Rather... Be fingered by Harden or tied up by Christian Grey? Uh, question. Yeah. Would Christian Grey be having any sort of sex with me or just tying me up? <laughs> well, you gotta negotiate that with Christian. All right, well, I'm gonna have a very, very pointed sex contract that it's only gonna be the tying up and not sex, and so I'm gonna go with Christian Grey. 
Yeah, I'm also going to go with Christian Gray. I I feel pretty confident that if, you know, if I really didn't like the being tied up, that he would respect that and untie me. And um, that would be way better than getting fingered next to a creek. Oh, 100% same. I feel like we're in this, like, photocopies of photocopies situation where, like, when we read Fifty Shades of Grey, we're like, oh, this is so much worse than Twilight. And now we're reading this, we're like, oh, this is so much worse than Fifty Shades. Like, the thing that terrifies me is next year we're going to be reading after fan fiction, and we're going to be like, oh, after was so much better than this. (laughs) And I'm terrified. All right, how about, would you rather work for Vance Publishing or do social media for One Direction? I would absolutely rather work for Vance Publishing. I mean, it seems like you get a fucking nice office, well-paid, cushy job for reading the fucking slush pile, and you only have to finish two books a week. Like, And there's donuts every day. Donuts every day. And honestly, like, with all the people who freak out about One Direction, I imagine that social media is a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, I agree that the actual workload for Vance Publishing would be, you know, a way sweeter gig, but I assume that if I was doing social media for One Direction, I would maybe get to meet One Direction, and so I think I need to choose that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think I'm going to pick Vance Publishing as well for the donuts. Um, it would be appalling, though, if, like, Tessa and Harden were fucking in your workspace. Can you imagine? Ugh. All right, last up. Would you rather eat at the Ice House, which is the biker bar and grill, or Steaks and Cakes, the fictional restaurant from Christian Mingle the movie that only serves steaks and cakes? Uh, you know... I just, I have nothing against biker bars. And grills. And biker bars and grills. I think they're fine. Uh, But you really can't match the comfort and familiarity and predictability of a restaurant that only serves steaks and whole cakes. So, of course, I'm going to go with our beloved sponsor, Steaks and Cakes. Same. What else can I say besides give me that cake? I, I do wish that Steaks and Cakes would offer drinks, which you can get at, like, alcoholic drinks, mm. which you can get at the Biker Bar and Grill. That's true. But uh, I, I have watched the movie, and those cakes look really good, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Excellent. We'll see you there. All right, let's, let us move on to Reader's Advisory, where we'll suggest books to read instead of or in addition to after by Anna Todd. First of all, I think we would all just say... There's other better fan fiction out there. There just is. Absolutely. And and if you specifically want to read about Harry Styles, just let me know. I would be happy to hook you up with my faves. Nice. We'll have a, a list on our website. I think we've mentioned before some of these like fandom novels that that do a better job dealing with fan fiction. Um, if I'll give a shout out to a quick. Um, sort of music related books like maybe you just want to read some books about like sexy musicians or whatever um kissing ted callahan and other guys by amy spaulding is like a fun high school band romance um the carnival at bray by jesse and foley is actually not sexy but i love it it's a ya um historical fiction set in the 90s about a teen girl who loves nirvana and i think it captures that sense of like what music means to teenagers so well and it's really beautiful uh so i would recommend those 
Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell is a book that actually is about fan fiction, but also it is about a girl who goes to college who actually has a sophomore who is a, for her roommate, but it's explained. And it's just, it, it, its portrayal of college makes sense. The characters make sense. Their motivations make sense. And it's a really great book about, you know, going to college. And related, the fan fiction that the main character writes in that was kind of sort of turned into a book called Carry On by Rainbow Rowell, which also has a a main character who is very mean to his love interest in a, an extremely different, completely opposite way than Hardin is mean to Tessa. And you actually still like him and you understand why he's mean and you still feel like he's deserving of love and also didn't rainbow Rowell say that her like style inspo for those characters one of them was harry styles and the other was another one direction boy um i i think that's kind of an internet rumor actually this is kind of how i became obsessed with harry styles because when she announced that she was writing a sequel to that um the artwork that she made the announcement with had her character dressed in a Harry Styles-esque floral suit. And she'd said, she'd said that um, she didn't really know that much about him, but it was, you know, inspired by the same kind of look. And uh, I mean, that was enough to plant the seed in my brain. And, you know, there you go. All right. Um, So yeah, so we'll have all of these up on our website and some others. um, And as well as our guide that we've written for how to find your own fan fiction if you're intimidated by that world as as it can be. Although we don't know what Wattpad is, so don't ask. (laughs) Um, All right. Candy pairing. What candy do you guys recommend to go with this? I would recommend a baby bottle pop. I don't know if they still make those, but I remember the commercials from when I was a youth. Uh, and that would be because uh, they're really gross and messy. And also, all of the characters in this book act like babies. <laughs> I uh, am going to suggest sugar-free Haribo gummy bears. Because while regular Haribo are delicious, the sugar-free version will make you physically ill if you eat too many. Just as this terrible excuse for Harry fanfic has made me feel increasingly worse uh, since I read it. Unlike all the wonderful Harry fic that exists on the internet. Uh, mine is those uh, Valentine's conversation hearts with the cryptic messages on them. They are uh, not flavorful. They're ineffective ways to communicate, and they are canceled. <laughs> All right. Now it is time for the Rock, Paper, Snicked, where Kate will say who Dwayne the Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book, and I'll say who Wolverine would be if he were in this book. And Liz will choose which most enhances the book or can choose paper, which is to leave it as is. All right. If Dwayne The Rock Johnson was in this book, he would be the housing coordinator at Tessa's school. And he would see how weird it would be to room her with a sophomore, so he'd put her in the freshman dorm, where he's the faculty coordinator. And she would be surrounded by other freshmen who would help her come out of her shell. And The Rock would also keep her mother from just fucking barging in whenever... And uh, after, like, the second time he finds her mother trying to break into the dorm, he'd reach out to Tessa's RA to see how she's adjusting and offer some, like, on-campus counseling or something. Uh, And she would eventually break up with Noah when her new friends kindly pointed out how blah their relationship was. And she would have a normal college experience. And Hardin would no longer be in the book at all. 
So if Wolverine were in this book, he'd be, you know, drinking a beer at the Ice House, the biker bar and grill, and he would overhear the big confrontation they have where Harden reveals the bet. He would intervene and try to tell Tessa, like, this guy's a loser, get out of here. Obviously, Tessa won't listen. Obviously, Harden tries to fight Wolverine and just gets knocked the fuck out by Wolverine because he's Wolverine. Uh, This actually doesn't change the book at all because I think these characters are 100% unwilling to listen to reason. But it would include Harden getting punched very hard by Wolverine. (sighs) This is tough. Um, Well, since Kate said... That Hardin is no longer in the book, but not that Hardin doesn't exist. I think I need to go with Snicked because if if Hardin exists, he needs to get punched very hard. So true. That's fair. <laughs> All right, um, but that of course is a game where everyone wins except for Hardin. Fuck that guy. <laughs> All right, what do we think the moral of the story is? Uh, my moral of the story is. Who needs an editor? Clearly not Anna Todd. Um, I I had two. I can't decide which which I like more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay if your boyfriend treats you like garbage as long as he looks like Harry Styles. Or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me infinity times, but where the two loops on the end of the infinity symbol are hearts, shame on me. Which we didn't mention, but that's what... Uh, what Hardin's wrist tattoo looks like that uh, Tessa just knows is his most important tattoo, the most meaningful tattoo, an infinity symbol, but two hearts. Does Harry have that tattoo? No, he has. a. I I don't know if there were any, there might've been one or two that she describes that he actually has, but a lot of the ones like, like, isn't there like a dead tree on his chest or something? No, a lot of them he does not have. Yikes. Okay. My moral of the story is masculinity is a prison, but the real Harry Styles is an escape artist. (laughs) Ooh, that's a good one. Very good. Thank you. I'm pitching that to Rolling Stone later this week. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now it's, of course, time for Duarte's Corner, where my cat Duarte will weigh in with his thoughts about the book. (coughs) Duarte, you're so right that this... We all should have just spent our time watching Josie and the Pussycats. It is much better, and I will give you that. And I I do have regrets that I did not do that. He's so wise. All right, thanks, Duarte. Uh, do any humans have any closing thoughts? This book was a lot, and now it's over. I, I will say, if anyone out there has read all of these books and can give give me just a quick paragraph summary of what happens, like, I, I have gathered they eventually get married, but every summary is, like, tragedy befalls Anna, but she gets back with Harden. I'm like, what's the tragedy? I kind of want to know, but not enough to read it. Uh, th- there's a lot of shocking twists, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I could not find anywhere what they are. So I'm with you. I would really, really like to know. So yes. even if yeah, if someone comes across a summary somewhere, please. Well, yeah, please like I even us. I dug into some Goodreads reviews, and they're all just like, I couldn't believe the twist. Maybe I should just start commenting on random Goodreads reviews. Like, please tell me what was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. And and the the fic is all online still, so you could even read it for free. I I did consider maybe just like skimming, but if. If this book is this long, it's such I a feel mess. like they have to just get longer and longer. I can't imagine. No, and I don't have I don't have time for that. No, no, no. one does. 
Except for children who haven't been to college yet. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, well, that was this book. I'm... I'm depressed. <laughs> um, if you but would like to come, you... yeah, Liz, thank you for joining us and sharing your One Direction expertise. Uh, this is uh, an absolute joy. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you'd like to come, find us on social media and tell us what happens in the other books. Um, we're on Facebook, <laughs> Facebook.com/slash Worst Bestsellers. We're on Twitter at Worst Bestseller with no S. Um, we had to legally change the S. Uh, had to drop the S so Harry Styles wouldn't sue us because the S is for Styles. People don't know that. Um, <laughs> we have a Goodreads group. Again, if you know what happens to these books, come to the Goodreads and tell us. <laughs> you can find it by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on that Goodreads link. Please do. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere else that podcasts are sold are not sold because we don't sell podcasts. If you do subscribe to us, please take a moment to rate and review us. If you rate and review us, it pushes us up a little bit on the charts and makes it easier for new people to find no, us. You know what, Kate? If we don't get a thousand reviews, we are not doing another <laughs> podcast. You've cracked it. <laughs> if we wait till we have a thousand reviews, this podcast will be canceled. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can also pledge uh, to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worstbestsellers, where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes towards things like buying drinks, paying artists to make us merch and buying equipment and all sorts of stuff like that. And uh, you get perks for that as well. Um, you can find merch for our show by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on store where you can get all sorts of things from our podcast to wear on your body. And I forgot, but I'm remembering now if you're in the greater Boston area on April 18th at 7 p.m., we will be back at Trident Books to do another live episode. Yeah. Uh, it's very exciting. Meredith Goldstein from the um, Boston Globe and who's been on the show before and all sorts of other stuff that I'm sure you know her from. Her books, Chemistry Lessons and um, Can't Help Myself. Can't Help Myself. Uh, her Love Letters column for the Globe. Love Letters uh, podcast. Yes. So we're going to she's going to be there. We're going to be reading Interview with a Vampire by Anne Rice. It's going to be great. Get ready. Finally, if you just want to find me personally on Twitter, I'm at Renata Snacks. Uh, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at 14 Across. Liz, where are you? Where are you to be found? I am at Lady Harvatine uh, on all social media platforms. And I also have a podcast called Liz, Liz and Alyssa Make Stuff. Uh, it is a show about me and my best friend Alyssa, where we make anything and everything from... Um, you made you made macarons with our with friend of our show becca yes we made macarons (laughs) with becca it was awesome uh she is better at it than us Um, she's very good we've made homemade laundry detergent we've made dim sum we made makeup that didn't work very well um and you can find that at lizandalissa.com and also we're at lizandalissa on all social media and you should Yes. Please do. 
and give them 1,000 reviews or they won't do another. <laughs> you know, they won't make any more macarons. <laughs> we'll settle for 500. That would be plenty. Uh, all right. And we will be back in two weeks with Murder Games by James Patterson. I'm excited to talk about this book. I have so many thoughts. It's been republished as Instinct, but I'm going to keep calling it Murder Games because why wouldn't I? <laughs> All right. Uh, Liz, thank you again so much for joining us. It's thank great. You. And uh, we'll, we'll see you see you around, Space Cowboys. Question mark. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>